My name is John Chapman and I'm a member of the Enyold Irons group. The Enyold Irons is a group of West Ham fans of a certain age who meet once a month to talk about anything West Ham. And we have grown from an initiative funded by the West Ham Foundation. I am, of course, a West Ham fan and have been following the Hammer since the 1960s. We have uh, at least one person who's with us who can go well, well before that time uh, and actually saw the Hammers uh, before World War II. Now, in this podcast series, you'll be hearing from ex-players, current players, and die-hard fans. But if that's not enough, we'll be sharing our memories and our experiences of growing older. We want to highlight why it's so important to keep on learning new skills, while sharing experiences that improve our well-being and our sense of worth. At the same time, we aim to put a smile on your face with some of our thoughts and memories. I think the essence of the Enyard Irons is that we enjoy having fun. Today we're at the Rush Green Training Ground where we will be sharing tea and biscuits with our women's team manager, Jack Sullivan. May we have the first question, please? Good afternoon, Jack. May I ask you, did you think it was almost as important to get a crowd of nearly 25,000 than it was to get a result? Um, I think it's, it's an extremely hard uh, question to answer. I think... Obviously, where 25,000 people turn up to the game is great because it's a massive showcase in front of a massive crowd of people. But at the same time, look, you guys will know more than anyone. People want to see a winning team. Um, and if people are, if, if the team is winning, then people are more likely to come back. But I think overall, we were, we were extremely fortunate on how great the day was. And, and that was great that the club got so behind it and I know some of you guys were there as well um, and it was it was just it was a brilliant showcase for women's football and, and the women's game as well so I think um, it's a difficult one to answer we would have loved to have win but at the same time it was a it was a fantastic showcase for for the women's game and and for us as a as a football club as well. Hello Jack my name's Don Adams um, I read an article recently that said that you asked your parents to buy the West Ham women's team when you were about 14 or 15. Is that true? Um, ish. Um, <laughs> so um, when it was uh, in 20... Uh, yeah, it was probably when I was about 14. We were on holiday somewhere and, um, and it just came out that lots of the women's team left West Ham women's. Um, and I saw and I thought to myself, you know, I think the club, if it became in... in internal inside the club could could do a much better job so it was one of those things where I said look would there be a way where we could either buy it or we could bring it in-house of where um of where we could basically get the women's team um ran better um and then obviously four years later um it was we were under the ability that, that we could bring it in-house um and then um Six months after that, I obviously took over. So it was a it was a real dream role for me because it was something that I saw had so much growth and so much potential, um, and something that we could really expand upon. Um, and uh, and and touch words, we'll continue to expand on it and uh, and keep it growing as much as possible. Hello, my name's Pat Marriott, and I just wanted to. What you've just said is what I was going to ask you that. Before, I know your your whole life's been dealt with football, but was there ever anything else you would have liked to have done? Um, for me, it's just about 
keep doing what I love to do. Um, football's a massive passion for me, um, and I'm still at the beginning of of my journey. I'm only like I'm only 19, so it's one of those things where, as long as I'm still enjoying the football, and what's great with football is it's not just football as well. It's marketing, it's um, commercial, it's it's everything else around that as well, um, which is just it's just a fantastic to be part of. Um, part of something like that of where there's so many you have to put so many different hats on um, and obviously to I'm so lucky to be working with 20 unbelievable female role models and 10 very enthusiastic staff behind them as well and it makes my job a lot easier and and for what we can say at West Ham is we've employed all of those people and it's changing all of their lives and changing not only their lives but young girls who come and watch them who then look on as, as role models um, and obviously when you guys come to, to to games and things like that it's great that you can you can cheer them on as well um, and maybe with the men's team it's, it's a bit more difficult so I think it's it's something that's really really special that, that we're growing here and and we're looking to, to keep it keep it growing and um, and hopefully, at, at some point, it can it can keep growing and be be on a similar sort of caliber of of, of the men's game. And I think that's that is everyone's aim. Morning, Jack. Um, Doreen Holdley. Um, I'd like to know. Last week at the game, right, the ladies they played a good game, but they seemed to lose lose a bit of pace in the second half. Can you tell me what the difference is in the size of the pitch to a, a normal pitch? Is it bigger? It's the exact same. So that pitch you see out there is the exact same as the Olympic Stadium. That pitch is actually based on the um, London Stadium pitch. So it is the exact same. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's if it's a um, if it's a a mindset of where because it was at the stadium they gave a lot of a lot of their efforts during the first half and then the game split. You even see that with the men's game sometimes as well. When we were at Villa away. Uh, a few Mondays nights ago, by the end of the game, the, the the players were collapsing on on the on when that full time whistle went. They all fell to the ground because sometimes just the pace of the game is very quick, um, and it's one of those things where um, sometimes it's, it's just the way the game goes. But no, the pitch size and the goal size, everything's the exact same as as, as the men's as the men's game. Hi, Jack Pat Marty. Um, I'd like to talk, if I may, about your dyslexia, if I may. Um, 10% of the people in the country suffer from dyslexia, yet 50% of them are millionaires. So lots of people who are dyslexic do become very, very successful. May I ask, if I may, um, what it is, how you have managed to overcome your dyslexic difficulties to become so, so successful in your role? Um, so for me, um, I never really knew I had it until I was about uh, probably about eight or nine. Uh, when I joined my second school, um, so and basically when when I joined well, Chigwell School at the time, um, they basically said we think you've got dyslexia, and I went off to to like a like a test centre, and they basically said yeah you have it, and I was like okay great, what does that mean? Um, but it was never really a, a stumbling block for me. It was something that I've always had, um, so it was one of those things where. It was it was never really an issue. Um, it was just something that that I had, and I don't know. I suppose it may have improved other skills of mine rather than my my written skills, and 
even the staff now will tell you that some of my emails are terrible, grammar and spelling and all sorts. And spell check's been an absolute saving grace for me. Um, but I think it's one of those things where um, it's probably made me work harder because it took me longer to understand things and read things. So I think my ability of what hard work is probably grew, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm not sure if it, if it made me work harder um, or if that's just my dad being up until one o'clock and up at eight every day, of where that that is obviously a great role model to have, where you see him working extremely hard all hours of the day as well. So, um, to be totally honest, I'm not so sure I've overcome anything, but um, it's an incredible stat that 50% of of them are millionaires, and it's um, it's obviously something that I don't know. I suppose we're I suppose in a way I'm in, I look at it and I say, well, I'm fortunate in some ways of where it's probably given me this ability to work harder and, and look, things in life aren't always easy and it's good to, to overcome something like, like that, I, I suppose, so young. Um, but no, I, I, I don't really know, really. <laughs> I got a question from Alicia here for you, Jack. Um, being so young at 19, what's it like to run a football team and have to relate to your friends outside when you go home um i think for for me it's uh it's it's one of those things where you want to bring your friends on that journey with you as well so um a lot of my pals and friends come to come to the games with me um and it's also one of those things of where we still it's i have that like work this cliche but i have this work life balance type thing um of where i still go out and it's still great to 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 see them as well but they're really interested in, in my progress and I'm the same now. A lot of them are either at university or, or at work now and it's it's interesting for me to see how they're getting on as well and um and it's I'm I'm lucky I've got such a great group of friends that are really supportive and, and it's great to see that, that, that they're doing so well in their industries as well. Thank you, Jack. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Last season was a, an epic one, Jack, with, with many highs and some lows, no doubt, during the journey. For you, what were the best moments, perhaps even the worst moment of the season? Um, for me, the best moments probably were the first game against Reading. Um, so that we, we drew that game and that was almost, and Reading are, are a good team as well, and we, we drew that game, it was on a Wednesday, a cold Wednesday, rainy night. And um, it was one of those things of where the team hadn't played a professional game at that point yet, as full-time professionals as everything. And when we drew and we, we looked okay, it was one of those things where we could sort of turn around and say, OK, this is doable and we haven't completely made a mess of the summer. We, the players we've signed, are, we, we're going to be all right this year. Um, and then obviously the, the other, a few other highs were the Yeovil game, which was the first game that we won. Um, and then also probably the FA Cup final, obviously, and, and the semi-final as well for me. Probably my favourite moment of last year was the semi-final and that penalty um, to know that we were taking a West Ham team to Wembley. I'm sure you probably went last time we were at Wembley in an FA Cup final, um, and um, it was to to be able to do that was was an absolute privilege. Um, and it was it was one of those things where um, we were extremely lucky to 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 be able to do that, and um, we got the luck of the draw and and everything like that. But uh, at the same time, it was it was just brilliant to be um, to, to to take West Ham to to that. And I suppose some of the bad moments 
Um, Man United away in the cup uh, was a was a pretty bad moment of where uh, we were in a quarter final of of the cup and against a team that were below us at the time, which was Man United, a very good Man United, but um, they were still in the division below, and and we we lost that game, which which was a real which was a real tough tough moment for us. Um, but I think overall it's it's been extremely positive, um, and and I try and. Uh, think about the positives all the time and even negatives it's important that you try and turn those into positives of where if you see something that's wrong at least you've seen that something's wrong and you've got to try and correct it as quick as possible um, so I, I suppose it's, it's trying to be as upbeat as possible and, and to move on as quickly as possible even that Reading game that Monday straight after we were at Wembley Stadium to to look at how we were going to run the the game at, at Wembley in, in the FA Cup final so football's a real quick industry um, and obviously where you have games weekly it's one of those of where you won that game you celebrate that day or that night and then the next um, the next week you're on to another game and building up to that game so um, it's one of those things but I suppose looking back those are probably my uh, my best and worst moments of last year. Thank you Jack. And one other, if I may, um, in the light of last year's success, Jack, I believe season ticket uh, sales have increased considerably. Has that meant you've had to make any adjustments or changes to arrangements here at, at Rush Green to cater? Um, to be honest, it's happened, <coughs> it's happened really quickly. Um, so season tickets have gone from 300, um, seats, uh, 300 season tickets to just over 1,000 now. 1,051 was the last one, uh, last update I got on Tuesday, um, which is obviously really good. And we're hoping off the back of the Tottenham match as well, we have a big pickup um, in them as well over the next few weeks. But we are, for the first time, we're starting to think about how, we, how we're going to move forward. Um, and where now we're getting gates here of around 2,000. So the ticket office and ticket collections and just logistically a few things like that have changed. Um, but but it's one of those things of where we we might have to have to look at look at other other things as well on on how we can improve things. Um, but as like as you guys know, nothing happens quickly and overnight. So it's one of those things where we need to see how uh, how how we can improve things here. Firstly, Jack, I would like to thank um, on behalf of Any Old Dines for your support and generosity with your time and tickets and everything. So. How, what does the, the term uh, West Ham family, what does it mean to you? Good question. Um, <coughs> as you said, no hard questions. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think it's one of those things, West Ham family, so it's as simple as that. It's, it's a family, whether that's 10 people, whether that's 4 people, whether that's 60,000 people, or whether that's... Every, every single, I couldn't, I'm not even sure how many fans we have ar around the world. Um, and I think it's one of those things of where a big value of West Ham is is the community and what you guys do at the foundation is is amazing and it's something that we really we really believe in. Whether that's on the men's side or whether that's the women's side, and you've seen with the players' project and and other things like that of where we want to embrace the community as much as possible and and something that's. Uh, resoluted really well with the women's side is is obviously you guys at any old irons and and how um you guys were mascots last year you you came to Wembley with us and and all of and you went to the stadium game as well 
and it's one of those things where we think it's really important as much we can embrace our community, the younger fans, but also the older fans as well, of where we want to inspire that younger generation, but we can do that through you guys, as you said, you guys have seen so many memories of West Ham, and hopefully there'll still be more memories for, for us to create for you. Um, and I suppose that West Ham, what does that West Ham family mean? Is it is, look, like a family, things aren't always going to be smooth, things aren't always going to be perfect, but at the same time, we all want what's best for that family, and that is the football club to be as best as it can be, whether that's results, whether that's fan experience, whether that's what we're doing within the community. And it's it's trying to do all of those as best as possible um, and together as a family. And we understand that that things, as I said already, aren't always going to be amazing or aren't always going to be smooth. But you have to know that what we want to do, and I suppose the people inside the football club are like the mum and dad of where they want what's best for the for the for for the the club, and you have to trust them that they're doing their best job in trying to make that possible. Um, and and we're we're very fortunate at West Ham. We've got a staff who really do care about the fan base and work tirelessly in all hours of of the day to try and make things happen as best as possible. Um, and I think great testament of that was the first ever women's game at, at the stadium where we've never done anything like that before. A lot of the things were completely new to the staff and they really embraced it. And um, and it was, it, was a, it was a brilliant game where I think the only thing that went wrong was an umbrella got lost. So I think it was one of those things where we were <coughs> extremely lucky that, that, that things went very smoothly. And I think it's great testament to, to the great work that, that all the staff do at, do at West Ham. And, but look, we're still we're not naive enough to to realise that this is where it stops. We want everything to grow as much as possible. We want this group to keep growing. We want everything to grow as much as possible. Um, and I think I think that is that is really the key. But it's not only to grow, but it's to grow sustainably. Oh, Jack, my name's Pete. Uh, when you first became involved in the women's team, did you ever think it would be as successful as quickly as it was? Um, it's a difficult question to ask. I never really set any targets or anything like that. Um, we've been extremely lucky that we've been able to ride a wave of, obviously there was a restructure, which meant we could, from the third division, join the first division. Um, and But then at the same time, it took the whole club's backing to make that process possible. Um, so we were lucky in, in that sense. Um, and then to be honest... It was always my dream to go to Wembley with the with the women's team, but did I think it would happen in a year? Probably not. Um, and in that case, we were we were extremely lucky. But you know, football's a football's an amazing game of where sometimes you have to have to ride your luck, and and um, it's one of those things where we were so fortunate that we we were able to able to get there. Um, and off the back of it, I suppose a year ago, I never or two years ago, I never knew I'd be doing a documentary around it. Um, and I think we're, we're in that sort of growth period of where there's a lot of eyeballs on women's football at the moment, and we have to make sure that we make sure those eyeballs are sustained by doing interesting stories, by uh, doing fantastic goals, by just basically making that, making the women's game more and more um, 
likable, basically, which which it is. But whilst those eyeballs are on it, we have to just make sure that we um, we continue to, to to strive and continue to uh, make sure that our mission doesn't stop here. Um, obviously, we've been extremely successful, but we want to feel there was 42,000 people at Wembley. We want that to be 90,000 in three years' time or two years' time or however long that is. Um, and it, it was a shame, obviously, it clashed with the with the men's game. But we want, although we're here, we we know that the ceiling is is a lot higher, and we we don't want to stop until uh, until we 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 keep growing it. Basically, we well, we basically never want to stop. Are there any other questions? Hi, yeah, Josephine Roberts. Hi, uh, Pete's more or less stolen my thunder. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to ask you, apart from ticket sales, have you got any other way of raising more finance so that the team can grow, so you can get different, better players? And I was going then to say, if you do, what would be your aim for the team? But obviously you explained that bit. But from the point of view of the f how you're raising finance. Yeah, so, um, a, yeah, so a, lot of the, um, a lot of the way we raise finance is commercially, so sponsors and, and things like that. And that's why our sponsors are so important. Um, and that's and it's one of those things where it's slightly different to the men's game where at the moment there's no broadcasting deal. There is a broadcasting deal with the BBC and BT Sport, mm. but at the moment they don't pay for it. Um, so a lot of how we get our income is via the men's club. They they fund us alongside also commercially. Um, so how we basically grow that uh, is, is really, really important. And that's something that we've worked really hard on with the men's side and our commercial director on the on the men's side helps us every day um, and in all of his pitches with the men's team it is around the women's team as well um, as we believe it's a massive platform for for um, for sponsors basically to to um, have growth and have real success uh, we're very lucky in women's football where with the women's football audience are very reactive and they're very um, they want to help sponsors um, so it's it's a good space for 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 sponsors to basically be in, um, and uh, at the moment at West Ham we we like to think we're we're really cutting cutting edge in that sort of space of where we think we're the only maybe there's two or three others that take that women's sponsorship really seriously and a massive way for us to to raise funds. Um, we want the women's game to be sustainable. Um, alongside the men's so we don't have to ask for that funding from the men's team um, but the men's team see it as a massive um, club builder uh, they see it as a great way of engaging either fans that have that no longer go to the London Stadium due to whatever reason due to it being too far due to it to be too expensive um, and not only that if you're buying papers you're watching shows you're watching things all of those broadcasters are going to see an interest in the women's game, which therefore means that they're going to invest more into that. And it therefore means the sponsors are going to turn around and the partners are going to turn around and say, well, it's fantastic that there's 5,000 people here at Rush Green. There's 2 million people watching it on online or, or wherever it is. And this is something that we need to get involved in. And then it's a cycle of where off the back of that, we can then take that money and invest that into the players into the and and what we've done this year is our player budget has gone up of where we wanted to kick on from last year because um, the men's team were really happy with our progress and and so were our sponsors so our sponsorships also increased this year as well so it was um it was something that that we've been extremely lucky and and I'm so lucky that 
the sponsors like um, USM, Zio Skincare, Niche Solutions, and and Betway Umbro, and we've also got lots of men's partners that are, that are now looking into being involved with the women's team, where we're so lucky that we deal with such great people, um, and and they they really believe in in uh, in the women's game as well, which is which is great to be part of. Yeah, hello, Jack Don Adams again. Uh, I was just wondering, are you ever tempted? to have input into team tactics or team selection or are you happy to leave that to Matt Beard? Um so we employ a manager. Um it's very similar to 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 the men's side of things and look as soon as you don't think your manager can manage, he shouldn't be managing. Um so it's one of those things we meet every Monday and I'll say to him what I think, but at the same time it's his he can then come back to me and say why he's doing certain things. And it's one of those things is you have to trust your staff, not only on the managing side, but also on, on, on a comm side, on a marketing side, on a uh, ticketing side, that they're doing the best job that, that they can. Um, and you have to trust their expertise as well. Um, I've watched a lot of football, but he knows the girls a lot better than me. He's, he's here every single day um, where I'm possibly at the stadium trying to trying to get more people to watch them trying to get new sponsors trying to get wherever um and you have to trust his judgment um and then like anything sometimes he's going to get it right sometimes he's going to get it wrong like I do like everyone does at the football club and you have to trust him that he's going to do the best job that that he can um and that that job that he is doing is is the best it can be for the football club um and it's it's one of those things where I suppose it's it's just built on trust really. And obviously where we brought him in, I really liked uh liked what he said and had to say and I suppose then you just you just have to trust him. <laughs> Elf, my name's Elf. Uh, what I'd like to know, you're taking on a load of foreign girls and that. It's a good idea, not like most of them are doing. But have you ever thought of taking on local people? Or do you have like a training or anything for the local people? Yeah, so we, we do a lot within the community, actually, with the foundation of where we've just started development centres. We've, we've got two um, being set up at the moment, and then we also have a Wildcats programme, which is basically girls who have never kicked a ball. They can go to um, they can go and basically play that. I think Premier League Kicks as well is being restructured now to be female-based, uh, female and male-based as well. Um, so we do a lot for the, for the younger girls. And we we obviously go into schools and things like that. And then we also have our own academy, um, age 10 to um, 18. Um, and then we have University of East London we have a partnership with as well, alongside with the academy, uh, with the foundation of where we go and coach university girls as well. So that's really important to us. We want to be known as the academy of the women's game alongside the men's game. Um, and I think it's one of those things of where we think that's that's really really important. Um, what we also think it's important to have an identity within that men's team of an English core um, of where they know the English game, they know the values, they know West Ham, and we've the best person for us is is Kate Longhurst, which she's our equivalent of Mark Noble, um, of where she's a West Ham fan, and um, and. She's a season holder on the men's side as well. So she really knows that energy around West Ham. Um, and then all the, all of the girls go to 
the men's games as well. So they really develop, uh, they really understand what it is to be a to be a West Ham player, um, and they know the history and they know everything around that. And as well, I think you guys are being so close to them here and being so vocal. And the more that they can interact with you guys, the more passion that they feel um, around around that. Really, so I think it's generally really important that 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 we have that and and that they feel and they know how much of a community club West Ham is um and i think that 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 is something that we think is really important and that's why the players project is is so key and it's so key that they 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 come and see you and 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 you guys were mascots last year and things like that and it's important that we we continue continue that jack one of the reasons why i think the bbc program was a success was that it was it was different and it was different in that it gave a very raw sometimes insight into the background of what happens in the football club. That will include the tensions, the anxieties, the pressures of yourself and your management team and the players. Um, and, and that's an insight which many people and many fans don't, don't have. So I wonder what Jack the young man, Jack the person does to get away from all the stresses of the job and get some form of relaxation. What do you get up to in your, in your spare time? Well, I go and watch the men's, which is always normally quite stressful. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I suppose it's just, as, as we said, it's, it's one of those things of where um, I just go out with my friends quite socially. Uh, we go to the, I've got a local pub that we go to and there's karaoke on a Thursday, so we normally go to that. Um, and, and it's just, <laughs> I don't sing, I'm too, I'm too scared. I just drink Jager bombs there. Uh, um, but it's one of those things of where um, it's it's one of those things where football is, is my life, and it's one of those things where I, if you enjoy what you do, you don't have to switch off and you don't have to r- relax. Of where I'm, I'm very fortunate that I, I really enjoy what I do, um, and I'm constantly thinking about it. And to be totally honest with you, <clears throat> I wouldn't have it any other way. But I think it's important that. I still spend time with my friends, and I think I think that is that is really crucial. Um, but I don't really have any other hobbies <clears throat> as as such. Um, but just it's it's football all the time, really. Champions League, Premier League, Championship. Um, I yeah, and I just I just I just absolutely absolutely love it, and I love the roller coaster of, of emotions with football, and 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 how you can have you can walk out. <clears throat> We're not quite here yet, but on a men's side. You walk out and there's there's sixty thousand people there at the London Stadium that are all eagerly anticipating what's going to happen today, and you don't really know, um, and and how it's so, like like no other really, um, thing is there. It's there's such passion behind it as well, and and football can really change people's lives, and um, and it's it's something that that we we've got to be careful. Obviously, in my position at, at the football club that. We we have to change people's lives for the better and, and not the worst. You've you've seen what's happened at Berry and and um and even Bolton as well, but Bolton seems to have, have sorted themselves out to to an extent of where it's it's such a shame. Thank you. Um of where it's such a shame of of that those clubs have 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 had those those tough times and it's it's our job um at West Ham to hopefully and we're all trying our best to hopefully push the club forward rather 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 than backwards. Jack, thank you so much for being so open and so frank.
uh, and inviting us here today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Sullivan.